Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. As we begin, one of the things that, that this is, just as we, we get on the same page about believe or just believe, that I think it's important that we understand at least to one extent or another to begin to dig down into where your beliefs come from and what it truly means to believe something. That, that belief just does not mean that you just have something in your head and someone told you that it's right. But really, beliefs play out in your life. That you show what you believe, not only by what you say, but also by what you do and, and how you act and, and what's happening, whether you realize it or not. Every day, you begin to test those beliefs to see whether you truly believe them or not. And so what I would like to do is start with just a a way for all of us to get on the same page, same terminology, and we're going to do the fill-ins. Consider components for changing belief. And, And those three things are believing, belonging, and becoming. Believing, belonging, and becoming. So in that, believing is, is where you say this is the content. This, this is what you might call the dogma, the, the doctrine, the, the truths that someone comes and says to you, you need to believe this. Then what happens is the belonging, that at some point, the belonging part becomes the, the crucible. It becomes the place where that belief is tested in your life as you have an opportunity to live that truth and and you come to the conclusion, is this truth correct or not? And then later what happens is the becoming part, that as you have this belief that you have now lived, that you now become and you live it, and you become a proponent of that belief, that you will share that belief in your life. To show you this truth, I am going to need a huge umbrella of grace today. Okay, can you promise me that? That right now you will not hate me, you will not judge me, you will try to understand this truth because I'm going to talk about something that's pretty heavy. Oh, here we go. And that is, I come from a family that racism is a very big part of it. Okay, my grandma hands down, without even thinking twice about it, is a racist. And, and now she's gone. She's, she's not with us anymore. And at a, at a young age, she made me aware of this. And part of it was the believing, belonging, and becoming, because she lived in Chicago, and she was part of an immigrant family from Czechoslovakia, and, and they had this belief that everyone else was trying to hurt them or they needed to be together in order to, it was them against the world. And so they belonged in this area of town in Chicago where everyone was from Czechoslovakia. Everyone. Everyone there. They, they knew them, and if anyone else came in, uh, they, they would know that immediately, and they would be suspicious of them. And, and specifically, though, my, my grandma, where she was most vocal, was African-American people, black people. 
And, and she made that very clear to me. But my grandma did not discriminate in her discrimination. She also didn't like Polish people. She didn't like German people. She didn't like anybody other than Czechoslovakian people. And I remember once specifically, we were watching a Cub game, and she said, the Cubs were not very good. This is back um, maybe in the 60s into the 70s. And she said to me, and this is quote, I'm ashamed of this, just so you know, I don't want to make light of this. She said to me, Dan, I think the problem is the Cubs have too many black people on their team. I said, Grandma, they don't have enough. That's the problem. We have Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, Ferguson Jenkins. My goodness, the best Cubs to ever play, Grandma, if you haven't been watching, are, are black. And so that's, that was her narrative of the, the belief that, that her group of people were the best, the belonging part, and the becoming then is living that, that out, the suspect part of it. But then there was my dad. And I don't know, and I, my dad is still alive. He's 87 years old. And my dad did not teach me any of that. But as, but as a matter of fact, when I was young, and I think it was because he realized I spent some time with my, my grandma to say, Dan, you realize what grandma's saying is not true. That, that you, you need to realize that, that you are going to run into people of every different skin color, and that does not make them good or bad. That, that what you are going to do is, is you need to get to know them as a person, and as you get to, to know them, that is how you are going to find out what type of person you are. Because, because just someone is of, of this skin color doesn't mean they're good, and just because they are that skin color doesn't mean they're bad. And, and you judge them individually. And then I find out a number of years later that Martin Luther King Jr. was like stealing this from my dad. That, uh, that uh, someone should be judged by the, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Or maybe he stole it, I don't know. But his belief, somewhere along the line, someone gave him a belief that, that, that this was not true. But then my dad started to belong. And, and where that happened is in his life is when he left Chicago and went into the military and began to meet people, all these different types of people, and realized that, that through his experience that what my grandmother was saying was not true. Then for, for uh, 25, 30 years, my dad was a police officer and would run into all these other kinds of people and say, Dan, this is, this is what I found. And then he became that change, was very vocal about it, very vocal about making sure we treated everyone with, with respect and, and cared for them. So then it came to my generation. And, and, and so my dad was putting in these beliefs into my head that I was reading, and, and, and I was finding this out. But one of the things that I realized is that those beliefs were not deep inside of me, and the reason why, that, that in hindsight, as I look at this, is because I, in the place where I grew up, there, there was not one person of color in my grade school. The, the, that there was, the first time I went to, to someone of a, of a different ethnicity was in high school, and even then, the high school that I was in was 90% white. And then when I became a pastor, I became a pastor in a county in Wisconsin, that's 90% white. 
And, and in the midst of this, I might have had all these, these ideas and beliefs and these truths and these practical knowledges, but the reality of it is, it's not, that, it's not until I came to Crosswalk that I had an opportunity to take those truths of, of equality and, and recognizing that, that people, you don't judge them by the skin color, the, 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 the crucible and the place that I got to experience that is in a growth group. When, when I have someone who was born and, and raised in Mexico and is now a U.S. citizen, and, and everything that, that I had found out about people like that was from a book. And then they're in my growth group. Well, I, I got to be careful. Now is when I want to say a joke, but I better not. <laughs> because I love them so much that they're so close to me. Then other people from Mexican, of, of uh, the African-American background, in my growth group, and what I've fi- found is not just that they're, they're the same, they're not the same. They enrich my life. They are like another color on, on a painting that brings out a beauty that was not there before. Before, as I looked at it, that my life, it would be the equivalent of looking just at a, a white piece of, of paper, and without color on it, it's not a picture. And with the more color, as it brings definition into it, it becomes a work of art and is something that is beautiful. And so now, as I have had opportunity to believe that, to be taught that, to belong in this, now I have this opportunity to become this. Now it makes me realize that as we, we look at this, my responsibility, even as a pastor, as I am up here sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, that I have to speak about issues of race. I must. I cannot keep my mouth shut about this, that, that anyone who says that, and I've even noticed that because still in my family, an extended family, they're horrible racists. They are. The, the things that come out of their mouth, in the past, I, I might have even laughed at. But those days are over. I just, I cannot handle that. I, I understand now the damage it does on different levels. But I'm also going to tell you that I have not arrived. There is so much more I don't understand about racial issues and about cultural issues, and that quite honestly, I could live my whole life trying to understand, and I never will. So what I do is I keep on learning and growing. I I keep on having different things being shared with me that then I get an opportunity to live in my life and, and then to become those things. That's what this lesson is about. And this is why I realized, as I was writing this lesson, why you have a no help at all Bible, uh, Bible series and why churches don't want to talk about this. Because in some ways, when I thought about this message, I thought, I'm walking through a minefield. I am like, I, I am going to be one statement away from my last Sunday at Crosswalk. <laughs> and then I realize, when you become that, you're, you don't care. You don't care. Because you have to go out and you speak the truth. That's what belief is about. And so, some of you are here today, and I, we're going to get to this in the message, but I'm, I'm guessing that some of you have been brought here because of a belief system of your family that has never been challenged that has never been put in the crucible, and when it isn't, it can be there today and gone tomorrow because it's not tested. 
And that's why I say to you, for goodness sakes, don't you dare just believe. Don't, don't just believe. Jesus never had that in mind. Don't just believe. But like with his disciples, follow me. Belong here. Put these truths to the test. Watch what I do, but watch what others do as well. Learn from them. Learn from their mistakes even, if that's what it is. But then become that as you realize that these are truths, they are going to be so deeply embedded inside of you that you can't help but live them and share them. Now we'll get to God's word. <laughs> and we'll go, first of all, 1 Corinthians three eighteen to 20. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise... By the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So the, 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 in essence, this is, this is Paul's way of telling us. This is God's way of saying it. If you are a person who says, I think my beliefs are pretty much established and they will not change. I know this. I know it all. <laughs> God looks at you and goes, man, you are... If there's someone who's hopeless, it's the smartest person in the room who, who believes that he or she has nothing to learn from anyone else there, and especially from God and his word. And so the first fill-in is, if you are a know-it-all, if you are a know-it-all, God cannot help you. That's it. I mean, if, that if you look at this and you say, yeah, I've read it, know it, understand it, I continue to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and of his word. And there are things that are con constantly, that as I look at that and challenge them and, and take them into my heart and into my life and just try to understand them, it never ends, never ends. The next words from 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1. This then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. The Apostle Paul is talking to individuals, uh, specifically these individuals in Corinth, who thought they knew it all, that they thought they were pretty smart and definitely thought they were smarter than Paul. And what he's telling them is there, there are things of God, the mysteries of God, are the things about God that you will not find on your own. You're not going to sit there and say, oh, I thought of this. And the biggest mystery of God, the biggest mystery of God is seen in Jesus Christ. That, that God would send his son as a payment for sin for those who had sinned. So the one person who was righteous would die for all the people who were unrighteous. Goes against every judicial thought that we can imagine. You are not going to come up with that on your own. And that is what God is talking about, is there are the mysteries of God, and, and that's the fill-in. The mysteries of God are the things I can't and won't come up with on my own. That is the part of the belief system where you have to be hearing this, that faith comes from hearing the message, and this message is the mysteries of God. It's the good news of Jesus. The next one, it is the content of Christian belief. It is the content of Christian belief. 
The, the very most simple content of belief is I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. That's the words of the Apostles' Creed. And at its most basic, if you want to know the content of, of, of the Christian faith, it's that God is triune. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the God who made the world and continues to keep it. He is the God who sent his son into the world to become one of us, to pay the penalty for our sin. That same Jesus rose from the dead and is now back at, with God in heaven. And God is the Holy Spirit, the one who works through that message in our hearts that to create faith, to strengthen us in that faith, and to keep us close in God. This is the God who lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit takes his dwelling inside of us as we believe belong to the family of God, and, and that Holy Spirit is the becoming part of, of what his plans are for us as we live out this faith in our life. That is very simple, where, where you can, on the one hand, have the Christian faith in a little basket, but you can also then the rest of your life study this and never get to the truly to the bottom of it. And that's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of these beliefs and, and the challenges. And, and, and as you live your life, what God says for every single part of it, the mysteries of God. Some of the mysteries of God, love, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Not a real good strategy that I found in my life, right? No, fight my enemies. Knock my enemies down before they hit me. If, if someone hits you on the, the right cheek, turn to him the other one as well. You're not coming up with that on your own. And these are the mysteries of God seen in Jesus Christ. And as we see Jesus, that, that as we look at him, we see this of, of what God's plans are for our life, except perfectly. And without sin. And that's why Jesus, we look at Jesus not primarily as our example, but as our Savior, the one who lived this perfect life for us, our substitute. That is the content, that's the belief that we need to continue to grow in. The next words. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So he's saying, we've been entrusted with the mysteries of God. Now, those who have this trust, you better be faithful with it. And you better be sharing the correct content. And so, in the blank, you can write, there are many false teachings. Don't just believe. Don't just believe. Consider and challenge what you are told. Don't just believe. Consider and challenge what you are told. Even as we did that, I could do that with the racism, right? That if I were to look at my grandma and say, hey, Graham, how's that working in Chicago? How's that racism working where you get together in your group and every other group you're suspicious of and then, and then when you get together that you uh, continue to, to be suspect of them and then it turns into violence? How's that working out? As opposed to how is it working out at Crosswalk? How has this been as we share Christian love with one another? That we treat each other as, as brothers and sisters? That we try to grow in understanding? That we recognize that there's something to be learned from someone who is sitting next to me? And that Christ's love 
is, is something that is meant to be lived in my groups with people of all races, that the message of Jesus Christ is, is for all, and, and others bring something into my life that enriches me. That's what we're talking about, is that you are going to be faced in your life with opposing views on just about everything. And so if you want to be critical of Christianity, knock yourself out. Do it. Challenge it. Oppose it. Do whatever you want. But also, I'm going to ask you to do that of your unbelief. Challenge that. Challenge the way that our society is. And I, I don't want to get up on a, I, I don't want to get up on a soapbox right now. But challenge what it's like in our country to be living in a post-Christian society. How, how, is, it, how is it working out, United States of America, as, as we, we go post-Christian and Christian values? And, and, and what is it looking like in our culture? Is it becoming a better, safer place to live or not? Again, I don't want to jump on our society. But I think it's important in this because what it's saying is challenge what you believe. Challenge it. Challenge it by living it. And that's the next portion. 1 Corinthians 4.3, I care very little if I am judged by you. You know what? I'm going through this as I'm going through the belief, the belong, become. I'm judging myself. That's, that's the whole point of this. If you want to judge me, whatever. But, but the truth is, every one of us should be in this judging, not of others, but of me. What, what are the things that I'm doing, the beliefs that I have, the belonging that I'm doing? What am I becoming? I care very little if I am judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. So, so as we're going through this, we're going to get to this where he recognizes God as the judge. But in the midst of this, let's do the fill-in. An honest challenge of belief is belonging. This is an effort to test beliefs by living them. An honest challenge of belief is belonging. This is an effort to test beliefs by living them. And so as you do this, this is, and this is where I have to be careful of the no help at all because I can be no help at all. And that is, where do I do that at crosswalk? And, and how, where is the opportunity for you to do this moving forward? I think many well-meaning people come here to believe. They, they are looking to hear God's word and maybe they do, what I've found is, is to an extent or another, they, they listen, you listen, you, some of the stuff you're like, I, I guess I can take that, others of it maybe not. And, and so most people listen that way with beliefs. They, they do the, what I call cafeteria Christianity. I like this and this, I don't like that so much. And, and as you do that, that's where you come up with your own belief system that's really of your own making. But the next part is so important and that is the belonging part, and that is putting your beliefs to the test. And the only way that to do that is to live them. There, there is, otherwise, it's academic. Otherwise, it's classroom. It's theoretical. But when you live them, that's when you have the opportunity to see it. And so for us, what does that look like? It, it means being part of a ministry team. It means what is it like when I take the beliefs of Jesus and I serve someone? And, and Jesus did that washing someone else's feet. 
What does it look like for you as you challenge your beliefs about loving people and right and wrong, for you to commit to being somewhere, to serve other people where you get nothing out of it but the privilege of serving God and others in what you do? Just telling you, that's not very glamorous. But what, in a crazy way, what it does is it takes in the crucible Christ's love and the love that he has shown to us and it gives you an opportunity to live it. Next possibility would be a crucible is to join a group with other people. And if God really loves you, what he's going to give you is someone in your group who's unbelievably annoying. And if you want to make sure you get someone like that, join my group. And then you'll have me to deal with all the time. But this is the point. That if you are looking, most people, I'm just telling you, are looking for a group that I'm going to enjoy. It's going to make me feel good and everything like that. I'm telling you, if that's what you're chasing in a group, you are going to say groups don't work. You are going to say, oh my goodness, I'm not going to say groups suck from the sage. But any, I just did. Anyways, that there are people who have said that they don't work. And what they mean by they don't work is I went there looking to get something from it. I wanted this and this. That's not what the beliefs, challenging the beliefs and the belonging with Christ are all about. He did not come into the world to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And as you have the opportunity to do this, this is where the belonging, the honest test is to live what you say you believe. The next words, my conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each person will receive their praise from God. Let's do the fill-in right away. My experiences and conscience are not the standard of right and wrong. Just going to tell you, just in case you think this is going the route of relative right and wrong, it's not. There is an absolute truth. The next feeling is, ultimately, we are judged by God's standards, not your own. So as we are going through this, this, this belief thing we're going through in our lives of believing, belonging, becoming, in the midst of this, there's, this is not a, an effort to say what works for me, but rather what is it and how is God directing me because I know God's plan for me works. And that is the challenge. This isn't relative truth. This is the absolute truth of God's word. And, and it's saying that as we believe that, make sure that we're living it, constantly going back to him to be strengthened, but also guided in what we believe and what we do. And the final words for today, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's a paradox, just so you know. Uh, a living sacrifice, um, in order for something to be a sacrifice, you would kill it. And so a living sacrifice, you look at it and you go, hold it. It can't be, it can't be living and a sacrifice by virtue of being a sacrifice. It's dead. But what he's saying is, I, I encourage you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. 
You give yourself completely to God and you die to yourself. This is no longer the Dan Salofer show, that my life now becomes the Jesus Christ show. This is my opportunity to make him the hero of my life, him the hero of this church, Christ the hero and savior of this world. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. And now the crucible. Do not conform to the pattern of this world because you are going to be hit with these other belief systems. Be ready for it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Let's do the fill-ins. God's mercy, let's get it up there on the screen, transforms me. Just like the verse God says, God's mercy transforms me over time. I become what God has called me to be and belief grows. That's the transformation and the becoming. And so you see, do you see how this works over time? And I, I want to make sure that, that, that today, that as we go through this, that this isn't just belief. Because it makes it sound like believe today, you're done. Go to 101 class, you're done. Go to the Christian Essentials 1, you'll get the content, you'll know the answer. When you get to heaven, here's the answer, God, am I in or not? That's never God's plan. And it's definitely not God's plan for your life. This is God's mercy transforms me over time. I become what God has called me to be. And as I do this, belief grows. I hope the illustration that I used about race helps bring the concepts of belief in Christ forward. Especially this truth that, that I am on a never-ending journey to understand how the people I serve think and, and how they feel and where they're at and where they come from. It, it's so important to me that that empathetic part of pastoral leadership, that, that I cannot serve you and I cannot lead you if I don't know where you're at. And, and so part of this, is, I love it. I, I just, I, I'll just tell you, I do love people. I love all kinds of people. Even, even the, the people with, with belief systems and everything like that that are completely opposite to me, they probably intrigue me the most. Because what I want to know is where they're coming from. Where does that come from? Where does that belief... Where, anyways, so the encouragement is this, is that... I am pray today that you understand that you have not arrived in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That as we talk about being fully developed followers of Christ, we use that terminology here, the day you become a fully developed follower of Christ will be the day when you stand before him and his throne where finally in Christ you are completely transformed into what he, he will call us to be perfectly standing before him but that day is not today. And so continue. My encouragement to you is not just believe, but take the truth of God's word. Faith comes from hearing the message. 
but also as, as you do that, that you continue to live it and become what God has called you to be. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have brought every individual here uh, today, every single one of us, every single one of them is loved by you, and, and we thank you for that in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we have this unbelievable journey to go on that we call life, where you give us your word, and we take our experiences, and we try to make sense of them, and we try to live them out uh, to the best of our ability. And we can call that belief, we can call that faith, we can call it whatever we want, but help us to understand, each person here, understand that this is a journey. Help us to, to not be know-it-alls who, who think we have it all figured out, but keep our hearts and, and minds open to your truth and continue, Lord, to help us belong and become what you would have us be. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Next week, we will come here and I will try to be even less help than I was this week uh, in our No Help at All message series. No, next week is... Man, if, if you loved one you care about, next one is on mental illness. And trust me, these are ones that are really challenging uh, to, because the answer you will not get is just pray about it and maybe it'll go away. But we're going to explore it and we're going to look at it and, uh, and see what God has to say about it as well. So please come, bring a friend. It's going to be a very important message for us. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.